Patrons, <laughs> hello. I don't have anything funny to say about that. I love that you think you're hilarious, though. <laughs> That's true. I do think I'm. Hilarious. Y- you do, and I, I appreciate that. You don't think I'm hilarious? Sometimes, yes. Well, mostly. Well, mostly, yeah. Ninety-seven percent perfect, and mostly hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely hilarious. Uh, welcome, yeah. <laughs> welcome to Fancy Plants Podcast, perfectly episode hilarious. sixteen, where we are perfectly hilarious. I'm Chris, and I'm here with. Three other people. We have a special guest today, but first we have Sue. Hello. Hello, Sue. Amanda. Hi. How are you, ladies? Good. Good, good. good. Getting to be a little cooler out there. It's October. I'm crying on the inside and the outside. Absolutely. But I feel like we complain about winter a lot, so <laughs> everyone's probably like, shut up about winter. I think Gosh. it's a birthright in Alberta. You're, it, it you're allowed to it complain is. about yeah. winters in Alberta. It is. Yeah, it's getting time that I'm like getting excited and happy about boots and sweaters. It takes me a lot of time to kind of transition to that. Still not okay with it. (laughs) You wear boots and sweaters when it's 20 degrees outside. And your point, I work at a greenhouse. (laughs) You wear capris when it's minus 20. Who are you, Amanda? Who (laughs) are you? I'm weird. (laughs) Uh, We also have a special guest with us today. Uh, I'm going to say it the French way, I hope. So you can like totally make fun of me. But we have we do all the time. We, <laughs> we have e- Eve Bernier. Wow, that was actually pretty good. Uh, Wasn't that impressive? Wow, no uh, one ever gets it right. <laughs> <laughs> I did take high school French, so yeah, I did a uh, flippy bow there. Uh, Eve, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. You brought some plant friends. Please introduce us to the plant. They look really interesting. Your plant friends. Perfect. Like yeah. Um, I brought three plants with me. Um, they're my favorite right now, but. They're not the first ones I'd take if there was a fire, that's for sure. Oh, that episode's coming up, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, the first one I'd like to mention is my Catacetum pilatum. Uh, it's an orchid. Uh, I'm pretty proud of it because I was able to grow it, and I usually suck at Catacetums. Is that this big tall guy right here? Yeah, that We is. will do a plant photo shoot as well. Perfect. Yeah. It's, I've never seen anything like that. I won't lie to you. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And the flowers are supposed to be huge. So hopefully yeah. I'll get oh, some yeah. in the They're spring. supposed to be amazing. Okay. Yeah. You're going to have to share flower pictures with us. Okay. I will. Uh, Perfect. Uh, okay. Who else you got? And my second one is a Dyneema polybulbin, which is a smaller orchid. And I really love it because of the small little pseudobulbs growing on it. Um, it's also an epiphyte and it loves to grow in cloud forests. So they'll take over trees and you'll see like hundreds and thousands of flowers at the same time when they grow. So like small, they're not really the, the coolest, but when they become specimen plants, they're pretty amazing. That's I awesome. want to grow in a cloud forest. <laughs> oh, they're amazing places. Calgon, take me away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is amazing. I've never heard or seen anything like that. So we are in some, for me anyway, some really unique territory. I think Amanda, you're familiar with this stuff and- I don't know, Sue. I'm kind of like not new, but not. Yeah. Like I've heard of it before and I kind of know some things, but I don't know much. Yeah. We're in awe of you now, or at least I am. So yeah. don't let that put any pressure on you. <laughs> oh, none. <laughs> <laughs> and who else do you have with us? Um, and then I have a Gutierrez, which I think is a pubescence. 
Um, so that's actually a Canadian native. Um, that's awesome. You'll find them everywhere from the West Coast um, into the mountains. You have a good Yara. I do. I have several. I actually have... I recognize that name. I have two like this, and then I have another one in my jewel orchid collection. Yeah, so that's a Canadian jewel orchid. Oh, so yeah. like, wow. they will grow here. I'm not sure if they'll survive in our, our 3B zone, but if you give it a little protection, they should be fine. But oh, I'm going to try growing this one inside, and I have other ones planted out in my garden. Nice. Nice. Are you? Have they flowered for you, any one of these? No, they're all relatively new, um, but this one does have a couple sheaths. So that one that you're pointing at is the... Yeah, I'm not sure if you can see that. It's very small, right in there between oh, the wow. leaves. And what is that one's name again? Uh, Dyneema polybulbin. Oh, boy. <laughs> it sounds like a Harry Potter spell. Yeah, yeah, Dyneema polybulbin! It might be. <laughs> <laughs> Just get my wand out. I don't know what it does, but... It makes you bloom. Aww. It is a pretty neat looking plant. I like it. Yeah. They're very cool. <laughs> we will... Most definitely be taking some pictures of those. They're super rad. Thank you so much for bringing them. Um, because I think from what I hear, you have some very unique plants that uh, we're going to definitely look forward to talking uh, talking about right after we talk firstly about a very sad topic. And that topic is, what have you killed lately? Well, it is getting close to Halloween. It's in yeah. the spirit of Halloween right? that we're killing stuff, right? Absolutely. Uh Absolutely. <laughs> Who wants to go first? I'm going to let Amanda. Oh, uh, okay. So I kind of slacked on my quarantine for a little bit here in September. And I know better. I know I know better. We're all nodding along. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had uh, three orchids, beautiful, beautiful orchids. They all came in the same shipment. And I just kind of filed them onto the new plant shelf. And then I was standing there one day and I was like, I think this one has scale. <laughs> it's all sticky and gooey. And I'm just like, no. So I gather up all three from the shelf and I put them into, because I've done a little bit of plant shopping this summer. A little bit. Um, a lot. Whatever. Same thing. Uh, so I gather up all three and I'm a little out of space right now because I'm still in the process of moving my office and I put them into a black grower tray and I put a humidity dome over top of them and I'm like, okay, those little buggers are not getting out of there. So I close the holes on the humidity dome and I walk away because I'm mad at it. And did then you, did you stomp a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. And then I can't come back you know, four or five days later, and I look under my humidity dome, and they are all moldy and rotten. So you grew something. Yes, not a plant, though. Airflow, Amanda. <laughs> right? <laughs> I know better. Uh, there's still life. There's still life in your humidity dome. Not good life. Like, <laughs> allergy season, this is toxic now life. <laughs> oh, man. A couple more days, that. and they'll be in the black mold stage. Like, they're bad. Oh, wait. You haven't cleaned these up yet? No. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm not trying to shame you. I'm not because no, I think I'm the Chris last is just person. surprised. I see I I like, like Manda. I like to leave the dead plants for a little while so that I can show other problem children what they've, you know, are up for if they talk back. Mhm. Mm That's yeah. true. You got to show them around a bit. Absolutely. See I like, what I can do? Yeah. I like to make sure they're good and dead. Like I just hold on to them. You never know. They should be flammable. 
I think yeah. we've discussed that before. Yeah, you blow on them and they turn into dust. Mine are kind of you know they're mine dead. are kind of mushy. So <laughs> so yours is the they're opposite. Dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're dead. Yeah. They're okay, dead. so that's the other end of the spectrum. If you can mash them with a potato masher, <laughs> <laughs> that's the opposite of they will combust if you put them close to an open. Flame. You you could probably mash these with a feather duster. <laughs> they're gross. <laughs> can you take a video of that? <laughs> No, I'm not putting that out through the house. It's never <laughs> happened. No. Uh-uh. We're uh, going to pretend like that didn't happen. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to edit all that out then. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. It's on the internet, so it can't be true, right? Oh, <laughs> are you kidding? It's all true. All true. Uh, I had had a variegated plumeria. I think I talked about it before. I was so happy to get a plumeria because I, I couldn't find them this year for some reason. And I just really like them and I really want to get one to flower for me um, because I just really fell in love with them when I went to Hawaii like a decade ago. But it's rotting from the inside. So I actually, it kind of came that way. So I don't know uh, what conditions it was in before it was shipped, but I can tell you there was moss on top of the soil, which kind of tells me that it was a little too damp. Uh, So I did try to bring it back, but it still has leaves. So you know what? I'm just, I'm with you, Sue. I'm, it is sitting on my windowsill until it is dried and crinkly. And I know that it's time to throw that guy away. I'm sad, though. I'm going to try again next year, see if I can get a plumeria. There is a wives' tale that says, like, if a plant dies in your home, it's because it, like, fought the bad spirits in your home. And that's why it died. Well, I don't know. So maybe, the, maybe there's, maybe that's what it is. It kind of came that way, though. So, <laughs> so it fought somebody else's spirits off before coming to me. I was yeah. going to say, you do live close to a graveyard. I do. Yeah, I, do. I was going to mention that after. Yeah, I do. <laughs> we live like maybe 100 feet from the, our city's graveyard. Um, we can't see it from our house, but it's there. But you know what? That doesn't bother me. I'm cool. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, my gosh. You guys, I have an idea. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No, it's happening. Run away. Uh-oh. Okay. So what if we took... <laughs> oh no <laughs> it's a good one <laughs> for a halloween episode what if we went to the graveyard anyway we'll discuss okay okay first off first off for first okay a all of us are delicate and it's alberta it's freaking cold here at halloween i'm not delicate Bull. Yeah, I was like, speak for yourself. Yeah, yourself. Just because my husband calls me a fragile bird doesn't mean you have to say Yeah, I rescued you from a spider. Just because my nickname is Princess doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you got scared of dirt last episode. <laughs> it looked like a bug. I love bug. bugs. Could have been a bug. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> uh, well, what what have you killed, Eve, lately? Um. So basically, my first plant ever. Um, I had a ficus tree when I was a kid. I bought it with my mom and it was about maybe two inches tall. I might've been 10 years old. And my mom took care of it throughout my twenties when I was gallivanting around. And I recently moved back to Canada. Well, maybe not recently, but five years ago, I moved back to Canada and she gave it back to me and it was in pretty bad shape. Okay. So I took care of it, got it to look amazing. And now that I've moved into my new house, it's dropped. 95% 95% of all its leaves. Oh, no. They do can, that. Can you bring it back, though? Like, it sounds like maybe you have that capability. Uh, only time will tell. <laughs> you look, but very, I do know you know look that... very serious about that. Like, you know like what? he's got superpowers, but I... Eh? <laughs> um, if it dies, I don't love it. I love it for sentimental value. Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. If it dies, 
I can replace it with something nicer, but I'll try to save it. Fair. So can I, I'm going to, I want to expand on that a little bit because what you're telling us is the only plant that you want to talk about that you've killed recently is one that is what? A few decades old, a couple decades old at least. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing you've killed? And you didn't even kill it? It was already kind of like that? And no, then, it and, was doing beautifully in my apartment. Moved? And then I moved to my house and I neglected it because I had other things to do. <laughs> and it's been there forever. So I figured it was fine. And it is suffering the consequences of that. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but are there any other plants you've killed? <laughs> He's like, I am Many. admitted to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Many. <laughs> um I think that's also the process of it. Yeah. I've killed a lot of plants, yeah. but through that I've learned how to take absolutely. care of similar plants. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You have to you have to kill stuff in order to know how to grow stuff. Mhm. Mm or yes. Sue. What well, you got for us? I think I talked about it before that I had a um queen of the night orchid cactus hanging in my bedroom window and it was it got sunburnt and I have to move it. Well, I never did move it. <laughs> <laughs> and I walk by it and I'm like, oh, I have to move you. I'm going to switch you out. I even knew which plant I was going to switch it out and where I was going to move it back to. It was downstairs in the east window, but there's a little overhang. So it was not getting burnt, but upstairs in my bedroom, it was just getting full east light and it was burning. And I also was like, well, I'm not going to water you while you're upset. And now it's really <laughs> upset. <laughs> So it's kind of brown and crunchy. I have a few tips of green leaves on it that I should probably <laughs> cut and try and propagate. But I have another one, so I'm not too upset about it because I'm obsessed with their blooms. But yeah, that one. Y you know you have to water them to get blooms, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and just, fertilize them. Yeah. And it hasn't got that either. And probably hears me say bad things about it because I'm like, eh, you're sunburnt and you look ugly now. Because I mean, they're not an attractive <laughs> plant to begin with. No. <laughs> But then when they're like half dead, they're really not attractive. I might leave it up until Halloween. Maybe put some googly eyes on it for the kids that glow mm -hmm. in the dark when they mm -hmm. come Absolutely. trick or treat. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. Little orange lights. Yeah. Orange, blink yeah. orange blinky lights. I can't talk. That's okay. <sighs> That's my job here, though. <laughs> <laughs> so. And we forgot sorry. the wine. <laughs> oh, we did forget the wine. What's up with that? I'm really sad about that. I'm gonna, we're gonna Today put that like, on the agenda. Day. Yeah, next time you're like, hey, bring the wine, silly, sillies. Um, you know, it sounds like we're we've been pretty successful. Like, I'm not hearing a lot of death out there for plants. Uh, I think most of it is due to our own neglect, except for yours. <laughs> My, oh, that's true because I didn't do that. Yeah, but usually it's the other way around, though. Yeah, it totally <laughs> yeah. is. I had three really nice Hoya that were very, very crumbly and dry. Um, so I definitely do kill plants as well. I have a couple in the office, too, that kind of aren't looking so good. But the wet, it's funny in my office because it's an old building, and it's like a six-story, tiny high-rise kind of thing. And because the building was built in the 80s, the HVAC system is terrible. And I have south-facing windows. So in the day, it gets like wicked hot in there. And then at night, it's super cold. And then if the weather changes really fast, then the building can't keep up. And so those poor plants in there, <laughs> they seem to be doing okay. I don't know. It's Why works right. a new building and it does that? It's like... Oh, really? So that's not necessarily an old building thing? No. Oh, that's good to know. No. It's like either cold or hot. There is no just right, ever. That sounds like my work. 
Well, of course, they're plastic buildings, but that's yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> plastic buildings in northern Alberta, no less. Yeah, the furnaces run a lot. It blows my mind that you re-roof that. I'm... Yeah, we're done now, thankfully. Yeah, that's nice. So, um, Yeah, so we haven't killed much. That's, look at us go. Okay, we're going to talk... Eve, you're the star of the show now. (laughs) (laughs) As he runs out the door. So I think one of the topics we wanted to focus on with you, uh, and I think it seems to me and sounds to me like you have a lot of different experiences in a lot of different areas, but we wanted to chat with you about carnivorous plants and even a little bit about vivariums. Uh, I know for me, I don't have any experience in that. I think, Sue, you were saying you and Venus flytraps maybe weren't friends. I've tried many. I mean, the last one I had lived for like three, four months. That was a long stretch. So I just don't know. I just, I, they die on me all the time. Yeah. Um, Venus flytraps are not houseplants. Um, that's <laughs> number one. <laughs> uh, I wish I got to describe your, the look on your face because you're like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a plant snob. I just try to be. <laughs> So, okay, so what you need to know is that like when I have plant questions, so like something goes cattywampus in my tank at home, I'm like, uh, Eve, I don't know what I did. How do I fix it? <laughs> and he's like, uh, okay, let's start at the start. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, well, and it came in a cup, like it was like in a pot with a cup over top of it. Yeah. And I was all humid. And then it said to take the cup off, fill it up, put it in. And like, that's how you water it from the bottom. So yeah. you butt chug it in that cup. So I would do that. And then I'd put the dump it out after it was all wet and put the cup back on top kind of loosely. And um, it was great. And then my husband tried to force feed it a fly and it still did good. I was like, maybe you shouldn't force feed it, like catch the fly and mm-hmm. stick it in. Maybe you shouldn't force feed it, but it did okay. And then, I don't know, a couple of weeks later, it was just like, I'm going to start to turn brown on this one. And then this one, and then this, one. and then pretty soon it was just black and drooped. That's pretty normal. Um, they are a temperate plant, so most people will find them in a grocery store or wherever you might find it. And it's really important to know that they need to have dormancy. And depends when you bought it. Do you remember when you bought it? It would have been in like May. Okay, so that would have been the perfect time. Um, but they don't really do well inside. I know some people who have success with them, but I've tried to keep them inside and they always die. The only time that I've had success with them is when I've kept them outside in the summer and I let the first frost take care of them. When you say take care of them, do you mean like if I was talking to, if I was a mob queen and I was like, take care of them. That's in a way. <laughs> it's his, his plant. Um, it's just really. <laughs> sorry. Putting it down. It's really just to silence it. So basically, they're going to go dormant. So the first frost is going to let it know that it's time to go to sleep. And then what do you do with it? So then from there, you're going to unpot it, take it out of probably the sphagnum moss that it's in. Yeah. And then you're going to wrap it in some paper towel and chuck it in the freezer. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Could I chuck it outside? Because it's northern Alberta. Yeah, but a freezer is not minus 40. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, they are temperate plants, but they can't really tolerate that much cold. Okay. You can leave it out maybe a couple of weeks, let the frost take care of it, and then put it in your freezer. Those the plants live in like a boggy area normally, do they not? Yeah. So actually most carnivorous plants will. They come from boggy areas where the the soil, if you want to call it, has barely any nutrients. 
So that's how they've adapted the ability to eat insects. Yeah. So if I was like, I like carnivorous plants, what other kind of carnivorous plants are there other than Venus flytrap? I'm sure everyone knows about that one. Yeah, um, there's so many kinds. Um, you have your pitcher plants. So those will be anywhere from vining plants like Nepenthes, um, Southeast Asia, South Pacific. You'll also have Heliamphoras, which are another kind of pitcher plant um, coming from highlands in Venezuela. And they also have slightly different requirements where they like a chill at night. And if they always have a constant temperature, they're not going to do well in your house. So if you can maybe put them next to a window that gets a little bit of a draft, they'll do well for you inside. Hmm. I have seen hanging baskets of pitcher plants available for sale. Yeah, those would be the Nepenthes. Yeah. So you're saying maybe that they're more likely to survive in a in a home compared to something like a Venus flytrap if you know what you're doing? Yes, because they're tropical. Oh, okay, so cool. those inside will do really well, depending. I mean, there's hundreds of species of them and so many different cultivars. So inside, they'll usually do well. Anyways, the ways that you can, the ones that you can find in, I don't know, like online or whatever. I like the first one you said, the Nepenthes. Nep I had one of those. Yeah, they're, they're pretty amazing. I killed amazing. it fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know a word I like? Butterwort. They're beautiful. I love them. <laughs> they are kind of cute. Butterworts. That, that is a carnivorous <laughs> plant, correct? Carnivorous plant, sorry, isn't it? Yeah. And so they look almost, like to me, I'm going to describe how I see it. They almost look like uh, flower-like, but they have little, um, I don't know, like red hairs on them that are sticky, and then they curl around their prey. Is that, am I remembering that correctly? I think you're thinking sundews. Yeah, those yeah. are sundews. Oh. Um, they're yeah, kind of similar. Um, a butterwort, to me, kind of looks like a succulent um a with flat one. tiny little dew drops all over its leaves and little bugs will go to them because they're sweet and get stuck and die that's why bugs come to me all the time i'm so sweet <laughs> yeah and that's it <laughs> especially after cutting out yeah the propagation episode oh my gosh yeah that's true amanda you have a butterwort right i do yeah and it blooms pretty well for you, doesn't it? It does. It gets these absolutely beautiful, um, really vivid purple pansy-like flowers. And it's uh, mine's lime green. It actually kind of looks like lettuce. You know, when your lettuce first starts coming up in your garden, it's all nice and short. So it's all lime green like this. And it gets these long stems that come out with these beautiful purple pansy-like flowers. And the flowers last a really long time. How do you keep that in your home? Is it under a light? Is it... Fairly, it must be humid. Like well, what? I, I, you know, phoned a friend and said, okay, so I've got this tank. And he's like, well, you should probably put a carnivorous plant in there to keep the fungus gnats in check. So, oh, uh, that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, under some expert tutelage, I go to Edmonton and I hit up, I don't know, 10 different plant stores. Just <laughs> like, I need carnivorous plant. And, yeah, finally at uh, the little plant shop there on White Ave, oh, I yeah. found uh, a little butterwort there. and it's It was in a four-inch pot when I got it, and the thing is probably seven inches across. Now it's huge. Awesome. How do you set that up, like, for carnivorous plants? Can you put too many in one? Uh, not really, because they don't. their roots are not going to take all the nutrients out of the soil, right? Because the roots are there pretty much to hold them in place. Yeah. So as long as you can 
feed them or find them a source of food, um, you can pretty much pack them in. Oh, neat. What other kinds are there? Are there kinds that like we might not really know about? Uh, one of my favorite ones, because carnivorous plants aren't really known for their flowers, and I like to be able to get plants to bloom, yeah. are utricularias. Ooh, so what does that look like? So that's also a wart. <laughs> <laughs> and we all giggle. <laughs> um, and they have, it's a, actually a bladder wart. So most of them are aquatic. They kind of look like moss, maybe, floating on the water with their roots dangling in the water. And their traps are bladders. So maybe think of a bladder that you would take hiking. You know, the little leather ones. I was thinking <laughs> the medical person in me was thinking like a bladder. Yeah, or that. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, they won't eat bigger insects. They'll eat like little microfauna that lives in the water or like really humid areas like in the moss. They also grow epiphytically. So you can find them growing in the cups of bromeliads. Oh, okay. And those have amazing flowers. So if you want a carnivorous plant that can give you a lot of flowers, look into a areas or bladderworts. Okay. Bladderworts. Okay, I just Butterwort, looked, up a, I just looked up a picture of a butterwort. It's so pretty. They are. They're Aww. very pretty. Yeah, they are really pretty. I'm just intimidated because I can't keep a... Venus flytrap alive, but now I, I know would why. never even deign to try. <laughs> well, see now, now I'm kind of excited about it. I'm like, well, if I get one and keep it alive for the summer, I could, you know, like throwing it in the freezer for the winter. Mm -hmm. Kind of that sounds. I can do. You're yeah. gonna want to wake it up, like if you're doing a Venus flytrap. This is once you put it in the freezer. Um, I would leave it in there for maybe three months, and then come February, maybe beginning of March. You're going to take it out and you're going to put it under a grow light because even though they do go dormant in the winter, their winter is not as harsh and not as long as ours. Yeah. If they're more temperate, they're going to, by the February, they're going to be full sun going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then from there, your plant is going to be all black. You're going to think it's dead. You're going to see a little fly trap come up. And then from there, you can set it under lights. And when the weather's warm enough past the frost date you're going to be good to put it back outside or on a windowsill if you want a humid windowsill. Super cool. And yeah. I think I think a lot of kids really like that plant. And mm -hmm. I think these little tips would be a great way to teach them a little bit of responsibility too. Like this is a living thing. And I, I feel like watching that little plant come back to life in the, in the spring, that must be so satisfying. Absolutely. Um, and you need to keep in mind if you do have kids, if you touch that plant and you make the the traps close all the time that will exhaust all of its resources and might kill it. I know some adults who would do that too. So yeah, I was just gonna say, I'm kind of obsessed with plants that I, move like the I sensitive think plant. We're all mm -hmm. married to adults that yeah. would do that. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure all of us are. Yeah. Well, like I said, Jeff force, but a fly tried to, and it was actually a very entertaining watching him try to catch the fly to force feed it to the See, <laughs> Cole would just poke it with his finger because when it comes to, because everybody's got that one person in their house that takes care of the bugs. Yeah. That would be me. Not him. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's usually me more than Jeff. Yeah. Like if, if I'm doing like a predatory mite release in our house, I have to get the bugs while Cole is at work, stash them if he's going to be home right away. And then while he's at work, I shake bugs onto everything. And then I get rid of the evidence. 
My husband listens, so I will say that I've never had bugs to yes. release on my plants because never would I do that to him. That would just be gross, and it, he would have a hard time with that. <laughs> yeah. So I want you to know that I do sometimes take bugs out of the house. I am not. I do. Like, what, what do you tap out at? Like, are you good with, like, ants and beetles? Like, where do you, where's your line? Where do you tap out? Yeah, ants and beetles are okay. Uh, probably, like, a fast-moving spider or a spider that's, like, bigger than a toonie. I have a story about a spider. Tell us your, your story. <laughs> so, once upon a time, I used to live in Costa Rica, and I used to have a big potted plant on my terrace, and behind it lived a tarantula, and it would only come out at night, and it was bigger than my hand. And my partner at the time wanted me to smush it, but I, I would never smush it because it eats all the other bugs. Yeah. Plus, also, they're really big. And do you really want to clean that up? And fast. And Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, okay, quick tarantula story over here, too. I worked at a pet store for three months and I had to transfer a tarantula. So just, just so you know, I'm not all weenie over here. Oh, okay. I had to transfer a tarantula from one terrarium, assuming that's the right word, to the other. And I did it. That's all right. That's it. That's my story. So I totally lost like like my crap while I was doing it, but <laughs> I did it. Back in the day when I used to work in a pet store, so tarantulas, uh, they don't grow like a cat or a dog. They they molt. They they shed their skin. So when they do that, you have a perfect replica of said tarantula. And uh, for giggles, because while well, I'm morbid, we used to take the tarantula molt. And set it on different shelves in the shop. <laughs> yep. So that customers walking by would see it. It was hours of fun. How did you keep your job? I was the manager. Oh, you were the manager. <laughs> did we all work at a pet store? I have. Yeah. A oh tropical my gosh. fish Whoa. store. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all of us. Yeah. Pet shop. Yeah. Podcasters. A little pet shop gang. <laughs> <laughs> that's, another, that's another podcast. I couldn't do it because the hair on their legs creeps me out so bad that I don't even like plants that have hair on them because it reminds me of tarantula hair. <laughs> I love hairy plants. Yeah. Oh, who doesn't? Well, except for, except for, except for me. Yeah, I know, I'm, I I'm okay without two. I'm, I'm just going to chase you with an African violet one day because oh, I, got I a can good have one. it a little bit better. But uh, like the one of Chris's I touched last week when I was here. <laughs> accident. Poor girl. She had no idea. Yeah. And the underside of the leaf was fuzzy. Oh. And I thought she was going to like fall down. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> And I'm not like a bugs, like I'm not scared of bugs, but tarantulas, I'm scared of. You guys use a different door in the house if there's a spider that's too big. Yeah. We name them though, and we don't kill them. They poop so everywhere. that's a bonus. Are there Messy. big spiders in Alberta? Yeah, um, we get the big, uh, like the cat eye. They're not or... actually that big. That's yeah, not the orb. Big. They're just like, they're round. big. For... My daughter hit one with her shoe against the house, and it was worse than someone like throwing an egg at our house, and it just dried on the side. I don't believe you. Oh, it, it, it was gross. They're they're big for our our house, our our area. But yeah, we don't kill them or anything. We just name them and then we avoid that area. I just don't want them on me. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. There's nothing worse than walking out and like we have a tree right by our deck and you walk out and then you walk through <laughs> the spider web and then you're doing like ninja the moves dance. that you didn't even know you could do because you're trying to get the web off of you. The pat down. Where's the spider? It's on me. Yeah. Work uh, in a greenhouse for a summer, you'll be fine. Well, do you know who would love bugs? Carnivorous plants. So, like, if you have a bug <laughs> I'm problem. I'm interested in them. I really think that's neat that they eat them and that they eat them for their nutrients because they don't get it in the bog. Yeah. I think they're very neat. 
And I love plants that move. So like sensitivity plants, mm-hmm. I can't help but touch them. Um, or the mimosas or whatever you want to, whichever way you want to go on, on naming them. Um, plants that move. So that's cool when they, is there any other like ones that like move other people than people who can't see Sue? She's making, uh, she's making pinchy she's fingers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crab hands. They're, they're my Venus fly traps. They're pretty accurate. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, not really. Well, that's not true. Utricularias, which I, the bladder warts. They will move like with the same kind of speed as a Venus flytrap, but you'll never see it because if they're aquatic, the little bugs that they're going to eat are probably too small for you to see with your naked eye. Oh. But the flowers. Yeah. I had no idea there was underwater carnivorous plants. Yeah. They're they're not strictly aquatic. Most of them will be, and you can actually probably find some pretty easily if you have a pet shop that sells Tropica plants. Um. I think the name is Utricularia gaminifolia. Don't quote me. But um, I never would. I never I would. have to say, I <laughs> admire could. the way you pronounce plants because I, out of all three of us, really can't. So I, I like it. You, it just rolls out. The disclaimer on our on our podcast description. I'm just looking at pictures of bladderworts. There, you would never guess that this is a carnivorous plant. It's super cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Again, like they're not all aquatic. Some of them will be epiphytes growing in moss or like in cups of bromeliads, like I said before. Some of them will be lithophytes, which like to grow on rocks. And some of them are terrestrial. Um, I've actually kept a, a few different species, and actually I might still have one, um, but my vivarium hasn't had lights on it for a month. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit that out. So how come you haven't had lights on it for a month? Um, are you mad at it? Yes. <laughs> and no. Well, there's a story behind moving it. Oh. Yeah, it weighs what did I tell you? Like 72 tons? Yeah, about there, yeah. 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 Um so the rocks in there look amazing. The water in the bottom is pretty cool cuz I got a few like aquatic features in there. But I mean, to take it apart is a chore and I don't really like chores. And moving it is really heavy. So when we moved it over to the house, it actually stayed in the garage for about two weeks. Oh, no. Uh, and then I, we needed to get the car out. So that's the reason I put it back into the house. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I didn't really care too much is because I took out all my special plants from it. And they're growing under my grow lights right now. And I want to tear it apart and redo it. Well, how many gallons is it? Um, it's a 60 gallon. Oh, so um, that's big. Yeah, the dimensions are... I don't know if you know aquarium dimensions, but like 120 gallon dimensions. So it's like more narrow and taller. That's well, we cool. all worked at pet stores, so yeah, we should okay. know. Yeah. yeah, right? Obviously. <laughs> yeah, because like um, I have a little, I think it's like 30 gallon fish tank that I have that I haven't got rid of when we had lizards and stuff. And I kind of want to make one now. Okay. Well, I mean, that's the probably the best way for you to be successful with carnivorous plants. Um, okay. do you know what kind you want? No, I have no idea. Um, if you can find an Apenthes, they'll do really well. Um, I've got them to pitcher before for me. They like a lot of light. So like Southern light, but Southern light here is dry. So could that you, will crisp them right up. Could you use like a light that goes in the fish tank? Cause like it just has the top and everything on it. Yeah. So you're going to, you're not going to want to close it off. You're not going to want to put a lid on it. Okay. You're going to fill the bottom up with like pebbles. Okay. And maybe take a few terracotta pots, flip them upside down, and then you're going to place your 
Nepenthes on top of it. So it's going to have a lot of humidity. Okay. And then with the lights, at least 12 hours a day, okay. you'll be able to see a lot of growth. And without the humidity, it won't make traps. Okay. But um, the traps are actually pretty interesting when they start to grow because they're pretty phallic. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so when you are um, putting this together, how are you covering? Is it is a, uh, a solid cover? Are there some airflow happening? I wouldn't put a cover on it, depending on the plants that you want, because they do want humidity and the the water underneath going through the Leca pebbles will provide it with plenty of humidity. And you want airflow too, right? Otherwise, they'll do like Amanda's plants and just yeah, rot just, to yeah. mush. Yeah, it's, it's so, pretty epic. We have like a top that's made from like pegboard. Would that be too much? If you want to put a lid on it, yeah. I'm just wondering. Um, my my tank at home, I've got a bunch of different stuff in there, and I've actually got soil in my tank. I've got stuff growing. And I've got a um, a clear polycarb lid on it that's got holes drilled in it. And then I have one of the USB clip-on fans that blows through those holes. Oh. You still need to be able to have the light. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm course i won one of those fans and i never ever used it maybe i will yeah so if i wanted because you have orchids here and i think orchids are beautiful and kind of because amanda bit me and now i kind of like orchids too actually i do believe the phrase was flaming ball of orchid glory yes flaming ball of orchid glory so if i wanted to put some orchids in there with those could i absolutely what Um, kinds would be best uh you're gonna want to Look for orchids that will do well in vivariums. And a lot of websites, if you're going to buy them online, will tell you if they're good in vivariums. So, for example, that catacetum I have is, I don't know, maybe a foot. That won't do well in there. It's going to want a lot more space. It's going to get a lot bigger. But that dynema I have would do really well in a vivarium. If you could have uh, maybe a branch with moss on it, its roots will grow into it and it'll be very prolific in there. And then on the bottom, you can place your maybe terrestrial or even aquatic um, carnivorous plants. Okay, cool. Well, if I set one up, I know who I'm going to be bugging now. <laughs> Absolutely. I think you've just found another person to call you in the middle of the night with their plant problems. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's <laughs> he like doesn't a- doesn't answer in the middle of the night, by the way. I sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, love you're, to you're, sleep. You're not like on a hotline or you don't look up in the sky and you see a plant light. It's not, that's not you? Uh, you- the, n- kind of. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're better in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna, you, two, you two are going to have to set an alarm. <laughs> well, yeah. I was talking about Sue. It sounds like Sue has- some dreams and some ambitions that sound really interesting. So, yeah. My husband wants to get rid of it all the time. And I'm like, no, I think. No, I don't get rid of it, it, Sue. There's no reason for that. Yeah. You need an aquarium. You hear that, Jeff? You need an aquarium, <laughs> Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but how intricate do you want to get with it? Because you can go from very utilitarian to very intricate and have pretty amazing ecosystems within a tank. I just want it to be amazing. Okay. So first thing you're going to want to do with that. Since uh, we know that carnivorous plants don't like to have any kind of nitrogen in the ground because that's what they get their bugs for, the nitrogen will kill them. So you're going to put peat moss down into the bottom. And remember, most of them live in bogs. So you don't really have to have a lot of drainage. Stagnant is fine. Okay. And then you're going to get your, I don't know, let's say you're going to get some utricularia that kind of grow like moss, but throughout lots of beautiful flowers. You're going to plant that right in there. Um, maybe put a few rocks around. Mm. I like how you make it sound so easy. Just toss it together. Yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. love it. I love I'll, it. I'll try and figure it out. We have lots of rocks at our house. So. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So like, I mean, and then you can start scaping the rest of your tank with other plants that you would like to have in there. Maybe plants that otherwise would be more difficult to grow in a dry Alberta home. I got, uh, I got in trouble when I was building my tank because I had the vacuum cleaner out because I had spray foam involved and there was shaping of the spray foam. And then of course you got to clean everything out. Mm, And apparently according to my husband, I wasn't supposed to use the good vacuum cleaner, Mm. but that's all right. You know, I have seen videos online of people building some of these really beautiful, intricate vivariums where they are doing the foam and they're putting like all of these landscapes together. Um, is there anything that you shouldn't use in your vivarium that would be damaging other than nitrogen? I've just heard uh, that might be damaging to your plants. Um, yeah, there probably is a lot of things um, from the top of my head. You don't want to put, like you said, with the spray foam, you want it to cure first, right? Because otherwise yeah. it would be toxic to the plants. Let it cure at least for 48 hours, even before you start cutting it apart. And then from there, you're going to want to coat that with something. Um, I usually use silicone, and then on top of that, I'll use, like, cocoa fiber, peat moss mix, press it into the silicone, and then you have a natural-looking background, depending on your creativity skills. Which is another mess altogether, by Mm -hmm. the way. Yeah. (laughs) I can imagine. And, of course, you're going to want to think about the plants that you're putting in there. Um, It sounds like most plants would probably get along as as long as they all like the same ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like if you want plants that climb or plants that just lay out on the ground or plants that do this or that, that's one way you can kind of plan your landscaping inside. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to want to think of like the final size of your plant, right? So you're not going to put the bigger plants towards the front. You're going to want to use them as like background plants and then the smaller plants towards the front or the taller back or the taller ones in the back. Just like landscaping. Yeah, exactly. It's landscaping <laughs> on like a, it's like a bonsai landscape. Yeah, yes. pretty much. Yeah. Sounds like a really good winter project. It's Yeah. Yeah, that's so what I'm going to be the doing. Plants. How do you get the plants? That's true. You have to have them already. Yeah, definitely. But you can build kind of and landscape it, I guess. And then. Oh, and do like research and decide. Yeah, take want, your time. And try to find them. Yeah. Get into, ready for spring shipping season where all of us are chomping at the bit, messaging each other. What do you want? <laughs> or we just go to Eve's house when he's not home because we know what time he works till and snip, we find snip. some. Yeah, can you propagate um, bog plants and carnivorous plants? I've never tried. Oh. <laughs> Watch these two, by the way. They they will break and enter. Like, I, okay, so like I know Nepenthes, they're a vine, right? And they're pitchers. Um, they don't last forever. So like when it does become really long and leggy and all your pitchers are on the top of it, I know that you can cut them and then propagate them. You're probably going to want to use some hormones for that and then plant it into sphagnum and wait for the roots to develop again. Um, Not that the roots really take up nutrients. I know some people, I wouldn't suggest it to anyone unless you're you're really an expert on Nepenthes, can fertilize them a little bit, but you're really going to want to feed them through their traps. And the way to do that, if you're squirmish and you don't like bugs, you can get fish food. Give them fish food. Oh, that's yep. kind of cool. Because I was just going to ask, like, in the winter, we don't have a lot of, like, bug problem in the house. No. So do you, how do you get bugs? Like, for me, like, I, I, I don't mind bugs. I keep frogs at home. So, like, I, I grow um, flightless fruit flies for my frogs. Um, you can get crickets at the pet shop. Mm-hmm. Um, mealworms? Mealworms. Are okay? Or are they? Some of them eat rats. I oh, mean, wow. depending on how big the pitcher is. Some pitchers are huge. 
maybe that, that big. That is crazy. Can you see so that? So he's saying that big <laughs> and his hands are like a foot apart and fingers splayed. Yeah. So we're yeah. talking like stick your arm in there. Don't put your arm in there. There's actually some really interesting Nepenthes that have adapted to different situations because their soil is so poor. There's one that actually lives. Um, I'm not sure how you say that, but there's a shrew basically that depends on it. And it Oh, um, symbiotic. Symbiotic. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so they have a symbiotic relationship with this shrew and the shrew will go and lick on top of the lid where it like produces a, a waxy exudate, they call it. And it's a laxative. So <laughs> as, as the shrew is sitting on the pitcher, it acts as a toilet and then the shrew poos. And that's what it eats. <laughs> and then it digests the nitrogen in the poo. But Life would I, you suggest for crazy. our listeners to feed theirs poo? No. No, no. Okay. No. Just in some cases, life finds a way, friends. Absolutely. And some people just say things so like weird and they're like, oh my God, he said poo in it. I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. One thing, never feed your carnivorous plants like a Venus flytrap. Don't feed it like chicken nugget bits. It's not a piranha. Mm, no, it's not a piranha. Piranhas probably shouldn't eat that either. No, not really. Um, <laughs> You're just running out the door. Hey, you want some nugs? No, <laughs> your plant does not want nugs. Yeah, no, so no. for me, um, I I used to have butterworts. Um, I neglected them and they're gone, but they were actually a really good pest control in the house for fungus gnats. So I would actually grow, the, I have a plant shelf, a wire plant shelf. And a lot of the plants that I keep like to be really humid and moist. So fungus gnats, they don't bother me at all. Um, but if you, they do bother you, there's a lot of ways to take care of them. And I like to take care of that naturally. And I get butterworts. Well, it turns out oh, that yeah. mine has got a ton of pups now. So if you want some. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I like that. I don't think they're very like fungus gnats don't freak me out or anything but they are annoying when you're trying to do something and the way they hover by your eyeball <laughs> <laughs> try to figure out if it's three inches away or three feet away yeah yeah you're doing that doing the the midair grab and or you're watching tv and it's like right there they always know how to like annoy mm -hmm. you it's like <laughs> yeah. they know that's the only cell their one cell brain is just like Hi. annoy that person i had one fly into my eye the other day <gasps> and i saw it coming but there was nothing i could do <laughs> And then I closed my eye and I rubbed it. And oh, no. Not, not what you should do, but it was my reaction. And I squished it in my eye and I couldn't get it out until you know finally how, like 10 minutes later. How crazy it came the story is driving me right now. <laughs> that is literally the worst thing I, I ever heard. You know, and I would like to say that you're the only one at this table that's done that. But I work in a greenhouse and it is commonplace. Like if you get a gnat in your eye, the first thing that you do is you grab your top eyelid and you pull it over top of your okay, bottom that's, one. That's proper to do. Because <laughs> that's the only way you get them out without squishing them. Squishing and wait, rubbing what? is just calling for infection. You, I don't have an wait, infection. Wait, 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 wait. If you put your eyelid over know, your bottom of your superstar. eye... That's how you get it out? Yeah, yeah, your bottom eyelashes act like a broom and will sweep it out, especially if it gets stuck uh -huh. like on your eyelid. So Whoa. that's one thing you can yeah. do, like if you don't have a water, typically you should flush your eye. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'll do stop. it. <laughs> she's, okay. she's having a first aid moment. <laughs> do it. Typically you need to flush your eye. That's the least invasive way to remove something is to flush it. And then if that doesn't work, you can try the whole, I don't wear makeup when you do so, but pull your top lashes and then pull it so that your eyelid kind of comes away from your eye. Pull it down over your bottom eyelash and then blink really fast. 
and the bottom eyelashes lock like a broom and kind of sweep that out. Okay, now for anybody who can't see, Chris is actually trying it and she's having a moment. Yeah. She's making a face. <laughs> I just wanted to see how that felt. It's not pleasant. It is kind of weird. <laughs> well, if but you know what's not pleasant? A Having a bug stuck in your eye and yeah, getting an infection, I, and no. you're a very lucky guy. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I also have a tendency to inhale them at work. Oh, and yeah. That's, oh, that's the worst. worst. Yeah. When you get them up your nose and they don't stick on the way up, so then you get them buzzing. Or they're like, oh, it's awful. They end up right by your dangly gigger, your ovula. <laughs> your ovula. <laughs> but the dangly gigger. And they end up right there. You can't get rid of it. It's like, <laughs> you have to do uh, that when I was a child, like probably four or five, I was eating a revel, so like the ice cream with a chocolate coating, and there was this fly that kept coming around, so I was shaking it, like trying to be like, get off my thing, fly, and I took a bite, and sure as crap, I ate the fly. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. That's, anyway. like, that's like a Tuesday for me, so. <laughs> that I will never forget that texture. Yeah. You're not supposed to chew them. It's better if you just swallow the whole. <sighs> I, I really didn't know it was it's there. It's probably though. the healthiest part of your I, ice cream. I didn't know it was there. <laughs> yeah, I was a kid having a treat. I got extra protein. I ate some at Jasper when we were hiking there. We walked through a bug pile and I turned around to say, this is a lot of up. Because on the way there, it was like a lot of down. And That's you didn't generally realize... how hills work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You didn't realize, though, how much up it was. Like the down did not feel like it was the same amount as up. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I went to, to turn around and up. do that. Yeah, and like, exactly. Me too. I just got a mouthful of little bugs. Yeah, hiking 101, start with the up. Nah. And with the down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we ended with the up. No, that that was foolish. Yeah, seven kilometers of up. <laughs> uh, Eve, how did you get into this particular area of plants? Or just even how'd you get into plants? Uh, I've always loved plants. Um, ever since I can remember being a kid, my parents had amazing gardens, like with water features and whatnot. And one day my dad decided he wanted to have a pond inside. So sure enough, like right next to our fireplace, he cut a hole out in the ground or not in the ground at the floor. <laughs> and then he installed a pond with a fountain. And then my mom having a green thumb planted it up. So I'm, I've always wanted a jungle in my house and I'm on my way right now. Kind of sounds amazing. It was actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You lived in the jungle for a while though, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I actually, I lived in Costa Rica for five years. Um, I lived in a few different places in Costa Rica, but by far the most amazing one was the cloud forest. Um, that's where I really fell in love with orchids. Um, it was really formative to me in my plant love because before I did love them, but I, I never really kept them. I always had appreciation for them. And, but one day after a big gigantic rainstorm, I went for a hike in the woods or in the jungle, I should say. And one thing that's remarkable is that the branches are huge and they're full of moss and it's like a whole universe on one branch. And in a rainstorm, they fall down, right? Like tons of orchids. So I found this branch, probably like five or six different species of small little orchids on it. And I brought it home and I had a chain link fence and I tied it onto the chain link fence and they did really well. I mean, it was like the right climate for them. So day after I found another branch and I eventually filled up my chain link fence with orchids and they just grew and flowered at different times and had different smells at different times. And that was like really how I fell in love with them. So I joined a, what a forum online orchids, something, I, I don't know if it still exists, but 
I was like able to like learn so much and my brain was like a sponge for it. And then I brought them inside and then I was successful with them. I did kill a lot, mind you not, but the ones that were outside did well. That is awesome. amazing. Yeah, it was pretty wow. cool. Yeah. Amanda's yeah. face is like, she's a, she's a, interested in that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, could, I could see you wanting an orchid fence. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who doesn't? Like, yeah. Exactly. Like living Costa Rica is like, there. there's like bucket list things and that is right close to the top. So I'm a little bit jealous. I had no money, but it was awesome. You had yeah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but do a lot of people like in general have money in Costa Rica? Um, I, guess I like can't say no because I do know some people that have a lot of money. Yeah. Um, like in terms of like Latin American countries, they're, do they're doing pretty well for themselves. I wondered. At that time, was there a problem with poaching plants? I, I was, we were kind of reading an article before uh, that talked a lot about how plants now are becoming expensive. So mm -hmm. there are plants that are selling for thousands of dollars that are being poached essentially and sold. Yeah. Is that a new thing now, do you think? No. Or had it been happening even then? That's not new. Um, so when I first lived in Costa Rica, I moved in 2010. Um, I lived on the Pacific coast and poaching is illegal in Costa Rica. You're not allowed to hunt. Um, it's such a small country. Like if you let people hunt, there's not going to be anything left. And the country is really focused on ecotourism and they've actually bought back a lot of land from farmers and reforested a lot of the country. So for you to go in the forest and rip orchids off of trees is a big no-no. Um, probably even what I did is a no-no. But I mean, what are you going to do? They're going to rot on the ground, right? Yeah. I, exactly. I didn't know any better, but. It's like when you go to Home Depot and you pick up a Echeveria leaf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of. I've never done that. No, nobody has. <laughs> but yeah, so um, poaching is a big thing everywhere. And we all have to be aware of that. Um, there's many times that I would see maybe someone who didn't have a lot of money trying to feed his family. And they go in the, in the forest and they take branches and. They'll try to sell them to you on the street. And I've seen a lot of tourists buy them. How they get them home, I don't know, but it happens. Well, they're probably completely blind to the, like, you know, somebody's trying to sell me something. I'm going to think it's legal. Yeah, like, oh, it's a souvenir. Yeah, Can't like, I you're it? like, it's not drugs. Or and a lot it? of people are really, really blind to plant poaching. And you're like, okay, I ordered from a Canadian website. And then you get the plant and there's a problem with the plant. And, you know, through emails, all of a sudden you've got somebody who you've bought this plant from, you thought you were buying from an ethical source. And all of a sudden they're saying, well, my supplier in X country, you know, just collected them two months ago. Like you, you should be expecting a delicate plant. And all of a sudden the world comes crashing down. Because you don't know if this collector, I'm using quotey fingers, was legitimate or not. And it's terrifying because all of a sudden you're looking at this red list of plants. So there, there's a thing called the red list. And it is a list of plants. And a lot of it's stuff that's actually really hot right now. And provided that it was cultivated in a greenhouse, you're fine. But yeah, you're looking through the red list and you're like, great, this plant here I ordered, this plant here I ordered, this plant here I ordered. And I just found out that they were wild collected. And it's huge. So yeah, you really got to do your homework. 
Uh, yeah, you don't want to be and it's, part of that. It's kind of sad because you think afterwards, like, I just supported a poacher. Like, you didn't uh, intend to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you really got to do your homework, though. It's not intentional. Um, no. I know a lot of people are ignorant to it, but it still does a lot of damage to the environment. Um, I'm not sure of the species, but I know there's an alocasia in Malaysia, I think. was really hot, like one of the plants that you want to buy for like 500 bucks, right? So they were collected, depleted completely in their environment. That's and now um, probably 80% of them were bought by people who probably killed them in their home. Because yeah, because they're not a... Yeah. They, they weren't grown in a in that environment so plants do adapt and they need to change to their current environment right so like i don't know if you've ever bought like a hoya for example it'll have a, a specific leaf but under your environment the leaf will change yeah. maybe get bigger or smaller longer thicker, yeah. thinner oh exactly um and these plants have been growing in the wild their whole lives um i don't know how old they were but they get ripped out and shipped in boxes through shipping containers and airplanes and it's a shock for a plant to be shipped and then most of them are gone and they're completely depleted so yeah oh if, heck, if you have one yeah. of these plants take care of it please yeah we're we're a wreck after 24 hours and we're used to jet lag can yeah. you imagine yeah. uh, i think i think it's sad i cuz i worry i think about that lots about people that buy these plants that are expensive that possibly could be poached because they're hot, so hot that everyone just wants to get them on the market. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, like, first of all, like, aren't you sad you just killed that $500 plant? <laughs> and second of all, it is, like you said, depleted. Like, that's so sad. It is. Oh, yeah. It's incredibly sad. It's like, it's just the same. And I know they're not quite the same kind of living creatures, but if animals get depleted because of well and, and you've stuff. got to think that that plant there at the base of the ecosystem is supporting how many other animals? Yeah. So it's a, yeah, it's, it's a full circle. It's a, yeah. it's a, a whole circle. But that is really sad. That kind of makes I, me. Yeah, I always so I'm now. that person that just goes from 0 to 100 online if I see something and yeah. I'm just like there's no going back. Mm -hmm. I turn into the world's biggest keyboard warrior. Like it's it's frightening. Um but I I know an example as well for like going back to carnivorous plants um in Thailand. Um they cut down their forest at astronomical rates um, for like they produce uh, palm oil. Right. Mm -hmm. So those forests are so biodiverse and full of life. And I've seen some of this production in Costa Rica. And it's so sad to see because you can walk like a hundred meters and there's a hundred different kinds of trees. And on each trees, there's a thousand different kinds of plants. And then they replace it with a single palm to produce oil, you know, so that we can eat candy um and all those plants are gone and um, they call them dead forests they are eerily beautiful in a way but monoculture is terrifying though mm -hmm. don't do it yeah even like you said eat candy but they use palm oil for so much like skincare products yeah. oh, it's um, super cheap to produce it's super cheap it grows really fast but it 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 wrecks the environment oh so. absolutely yeah. yeah don't you can actually buy if you want, or want palm oil for any reason you can actually buy eco friendly harvested palm oil mm -hmm. um maybe so i suggest that if you i've never heard of that but i'm gonna look into it yeah you can yeah. um i think i went on a tangent there yeah i call yeah. them bunny trails um yeah well that was a good bunny trail because i yeah. feel i feel really sad about like yeah. being depleted of beautiful mm -hmm. plants and yeah. that's a hot item right now that people are paying high, yeah. high money and, um, for 
Yeah. So like um, in Thailand, um, they've lost a lot of species of carnivorous plants too, because they get rid of all the plants, bugs, birds, everything goes with it. So this Utricularia is only found in like maybe a hundred square meters now. They used to grow everywhere. Had beautiful blue flowers. We're so mean to our earth and it should be no question why it's trying to rebalance itself. Yeah, why, right. why she's angry right yeah, now. Yeah. Homeostasis is a thing, friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we're, coming, yeah. we're coming up to our hour now. Uh, Eve, is there anything else that you think we should know? Um, so when you want to buy plants, do your research. Um, make sure, first of all, that they're not being poached. Try to find someone who can grow them, maybe even locally. I know temptation is a lot to go with um, overseas. I do it all the time. You can find amazing plants, but just try to find people who are reputable, or at least who say they are, right? What's a red flag, do you think, uh, when you're out there looking, especially for plants that are maybe less common? What's a red flag for you? Um, well, I mean, from the top of my head, there has being some websites I've seen where the plants look wild collected. And I'm pretty sure it's the same website that Amanda was talking yeah. about where you got that plant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a uh, big red flag for me when they're showing photos of the plants is if it looks like, um, you know, when you're outside in your yard and you're looking at your petunias and not all the leaves are perfect, you got some holes in some, they just, they look like they've been, you know, sitting outside in the weather, that sort of stuff. And that's absolutely fine. They're outdoor plants. That's the way they're supposed to look. That is not how greenhouse plants look. If you are a greenhouse grower, trust me, you throw that plant in the garbage. You don't show it to anybody. Mm -hmm. So if the leaves are looking really damaged, um, if the roots in the photos are looking poor, um, if they have a lot of like high humidity setups that and like they're like just acclimating plants well if they're acclimating it it means they've probably imported it so those are all big red flags yeah um and to take it back to carnivorous plants um they do have a lot of special requirements and a lot of them won't do well in your standard home you know forced air dry air it's not good um they're gonna want a lot of humidity and maybe we can touch on it again if you want to when we talk about vivariums, but just do your research and don't give them ground beef. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Or nuggies. No nuggies. Yeah. Sue, anything you want to add? Oh, no. I like it. I'm kind of excited. I think I'm going to pull that fish tank out and yeah. start working on it for the winter. We can do that. Okay. That was super interesting. I learned a ton. Thank you so much, E, for joining us today. We really, really appreciate it. And we really appreciate you uh, listeners out there. I, yeah, it's just, it's so much fun watching more and more countries pop up Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) to see who's listening to us. And, you know, we're just up here in our little Northern Canadian town. So dreading the winter, dreading the winter. We promise we won't talk about that again. (laughs) Uh, We are online. I'm going to do it this time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah because I, I screwed I, it up so bad last time yeah, are, I, I just watched the underside of that bus as you threw us under it oh <laughs> uh, we are on facebook facebook.com slash fancy plants podcast please follow us on instagram at fancy plants podcast you can email us social at fancy plants podcast.com next episode we don't know 
We'll figure it out when we'll we get it. It'll be hard to beat this one. I think this is the most educational one we've had. <laughs> yeah, we're I'm done. Like, no, that's it. No more episodes. Yeah. Just I'm kidding. hoping my brain holds it, being that it's <laughs> well. The great you can listen day. to it over and over again. Yeah, that's true. Yes, that's true. <laughs> or you can talk to me. Or I can. Or you yeah. have an in. You have. Yeah, an yeah. In. <laughs> uh, I have an in, and I'm I'm kind of excited. I'm like, ooh. Uh, well, we're moving back into October. Uh, oh my gosh! So we'll be back next week in October when we're talking plants. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Plants. Come on, sugar mama. Get your green on. I love a green plant. Mm-hmm. The fancy plants.